Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Blue Planet and Blue Planet 2. Today we will be discussing Blue Planet 2, Episode 3, titled Coral Reefs. Yet another really, really good, really, really fascinating episode that I enjoyed immensely. Man, if this intro wasn't sounding repetitive before, it sure as shit sounding repetitive now. <laughs> it's been three weeks, or I guess now we're in our third week of me saying the exact same goddamn thing at the beginning of every single episode, because it's all really good, it's all really fascinating, and I'm enjoying all of it immensely. So yeah, so much for variety in the first 30 seconds of each episode of the Television Archive. Anyway, we're, we're circling back around to Coral Reefs, which I am very happy about. Uh, Because I said it last week when we talked about the Coral Reef episode of the original Blue Planet, and I'll say it again. Coral Reefs, I genuinely believe, are the most beautiful thing that has ever or will ever exist on this planet. It is beautiful. It is stunning. Uh, Everything that happens with coral is freaking awesome. Like, coral reefs, they're just like a well-oiled machine. It's insane. Like, how perfectly it runs, uh, how much every single little piece of it feeds into everything else, uh, how much one little cog affects the entire machine. Uh, And they do a great job, just like with the last Coral episode, of showing that off, of showing how awesome and beautiful and stunning Coral Reefs are, and showing off how much of a well-oiled machine is. Uh, They touch a lot upon the same things we talked about in the original Blue Planet's Coral Reef episode. Uh, The structure of coral, the reproduction processes of coral, both of which are insane. Uh, They add in a tiny little segment on how tides going up against uh, the the, the reef wall kind of cause these, like, spontaneous whirlpools that kind of stir up more food, kind of stir up more nutrients in the waters, which was awesome, which was really, really cool, and even further blew me away, even further proved just how cool coral reefs are. And I especially love how this time around, uh, they choose to portray coral reefs as a city. David Attenborough sits there and compares it to, like, a metropolitan area in the world of humanity. Everyone has, like, their little apartments. Some have, like, penthouse suites. Some have, like, really crappy, uh, almost ghetto housing. Like, just street-level crap. 
Uh, at one point, we go to the reef's edge, and David Attenborough refers to it as the suburbs. Like, there's... It's a really great allegory that totally 100% fits this. Abso-frickin-lutely. Like, it's just, once again, like I've been talking about the past couple episodes for Blue Planet 2, it's them going back, taking the stuff they talked about in the first episode, or in the first Blue Planet, sorry, uh, the first Coral Reef episode, and updating it, modernizing it, making it look sleek, uh, giving it updated information, uh, and just making something that does touch upon mostly the same points, but still is superior to it, simply because everything is refined. And that first Coral Reefs episode was, I think, the best thing about the original Blue Planet. Uh, and as far as these first three episodes go, uh, that is absolutely the case in Blue Planet 2 as well. This is my favorite of the three we've talked about so far, easily. Uh, there's some really cool segments in here. Uh, they start with a segment involving a cuttlefish. Just sort of going around searching for crabs to snack on. <laughs> the cuttlefish has crabs. Uh <laughs> oh, God. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke I made. Was it funny? Eh. It was a joke, though. It certainly qualified as a joke that elicited... That elicited a reaction. <laughs> but anyway, the cuttlefish is searching for crabs. And... It has this little adaptation, this little feature that it uses to sort of hypnotize crabs. Where it, it has these, like, pigment cells. That it can use to just change colors. Uh, so it changes colors, puts on this little light show, and that hypnotizes the crab, sort of lulls it in, and then the cuttlefish just gobbles it up. Uh, at one point, a shark comes by, and the cuttlefish, like, uses this same function to just sort of disappear. Uh, but it's really, really cool. That's an awesome little adaptation. Uh, there's one segment involving a grouper and an octopus, both of which hunt for very similar small fish, but neither of which can really get to them. One can't reach, and the other can't pursue. So, they just team up these two entirely separate species that just so happen to hunt the same prey to sort of team up, uh, because neither of them can get to their prey on their own, so they just sort of create this alliance. They create, like, a Legion of Doom, but with fish. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really cool, like, that level of cooperation in the seas. And, like, the octopus, like, reaches into the small spaces, drives them out. Uh, the grouper then just takes them, and then, like, they both gobble them up. Uh, it's really, really awesome and unexpected and brilliant. Uh, there's a segment involving this group of turtles that just travels quite a long distance across this massive coral reef uh, to get to this one rock where they get, like, sort of cleaned by these really, really small fish. They just sort of pick off... Par <laughs> 
Ah, my throat just died for a second. Uh, they sort of pick up these uh, parasites and other gunk that's attached to the turtles. Uh, so they get a little bit of food. The turtles get cleaned. And it's like this whole thing. It's this whole ritual. A bunch of turtles show up. Uh, they form an orderly line, which immediately goes to shit as they start squabbling. <laughs> One of, like, the smaller females is like, yeah, I'm just gonna let these big guys fight it out for a bit. It just goes for a swim for a bit, then comes back, sneaks in after the squabbling's done, and gets her little, uh, little pampering in there. Uh, but it's really, really cool. I like stories like that, where it's just like, Here's two species having a mutually beneficial relationship to the point where it's like, it resembles like a human world business. <laughs> like, turtles just like have this day where they go to the salon or whatever and just get parasites and gunk picked off of them by small fish. Like, it's really cool to see these moments where like, just sea creatures sort of take on very human traits. Sort of take on very human processes. Like, it's really, really fascinating to me. Uh, easily my favorite segment of this episode involves a uh, saddleback clownfish. That's what it's called. I couldn't read my handwriting for a second. Saddleback clownfish. Which are basically just clownfish with a different color scheme. And, like, they have this an anemone. Anemone. It's all set up. Everything's great. And this one dude clownfish wants to win over this female head of household clownfish. He wants to father her, her eggs. Wants to fertilize her eggs. And so he has to prove his worth to... Uh, the big female who controls this entire settlement of clownfish. And so the the way he goes about this is like, Hey, uh, there's, there's no place here. There's no solid place for uh, the lady to lay her eggs. So I'm going to find something and bring it over here. Uh, and it starts off with this shell... That seems empty, but it ends up having a hermit crab in it. Oops. <laughs> so, that fails. Uh, then it finds, like, this old plastic bottle that someone threw into the ocean. Like an asshole! And it's, the, it's trying to get that over there, but it's not heavy enough. It's not going to stay. Then it finds a coconut... Shell, half a coconut shell. And it's like, hey, this is just right. Really, like, Goldilocks and the three bears ing this shit. Uh, just sort of pushes it on into the anemone. And then the female's like, okay, good enough. Then lays her eggs and the father fertilizes them. Uh, the dude fertilizes them. And then uh, the dude is left to tend to the eggs. It's a very female-driven society, clownfish. And I know a few people who would call that utopia. <laughs> and they wouldn't be wrong. 
They wouldn't be wrong. Look, I, I I'm just gonna I'm just saying. Clownfish have it together a lot more than humans. Not saying it's because of that, but definitely part of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and there's this final segment in there. Well, not final segment. One of the final segments. Uh, that involves the mating of groupers. And, like, they go to the edge of the reef. They go to the drop-off point. And there's this whole thing where, like, males really want to get with a partner. Really want to get with a lady grouper. And there's this whole conflict of, like, hey, I want to be with this lady. No, I want to. And, like, conflict ensues. Meanwhile, these sharks are sort of close in like hey they're gonna do their mating thing and then we're gonna come in and gobble them up and then the tide turns the conditions are just right and then everything kicks off immediately the females swim up like dash to the surface releasing their eggs uh males do the same but releasing their sperm uh, meanwhile, the sharks are just gobbling them all up, just coming in, and it's like, oh, you're mating right now? That's the sound of a shark gobbling up a grouper. Like, <laughs> just goes and just decimates them while they're vulnerable, and it's like this giant, insane sensory overload of just... Over here are some groupers uh, ejaculating into the ocean. And over here are sharks eating them as they are doing so. It's madness. It's madness, I say. But it's really, really cool and really, really insane to watch. Uh, and also, by the way, should mention, most of these eggs will get eaten. <laughs> most of these eggs will get gobbled up by something. But some of them will live. Some of them will find a new reef. And everything will be great. <sighs> and then the end. With the segment I was dreading the entire episode long. Because you know it has to happen. Uh, here's the segment of why we're killing the coral reefs. Uh, because global warming is a thing. Climate change is in full effect. And the oceans are warming up. But if the coral reefs warm up like one or two degrees for like a week, then that algae that's like inside the cells of the coral, that gets pushed out. And there goes 90% of the coral's food source. And it loses its color. And if this keeps up for an extended period of time, it starts getting... Bleached. And. Oh, oh, as someone. Who strongly believes. The coral reefs are the most beautiful thing. On this planet. It's really difficult. For me to watch. These time lapses. These before and after shots. Where. These beautiful thriving, magnificent coral reefs get reduced to just 
bleached rubble. That's almost entirely... That's almost entirely barren of any life. Uh, and all these other sea creatures that have made the reef their home are now homeless because of it. Like, it works entirely up the food chain of a coral reef to the point where now everyone's screwed because the coral are gone. And yeah... Coral reproduce in a way that, like, the spawn can, like, find a vacant space that's way more inhabitable. And yeah, this gives it a chance to, like, maybe coral reefs will continue to live on. But at the rate we're going now, uh, and they say this in the show, scientists say that by the end of the century, Coral reefs will be entirely gone. Not the time! (laughs) For those of you who maybe didn't hear it on the mic, my brother yelled, Assassino, in the background. I was doing a whole serious thing on the goddamn coral reefs dying, you asshole! Okay, that's a thing, and you know what? I'm sufficiently angry because now I'm going on my big rant because, oh, oh, climate change is a myth. Climate change isn't a thing. Oh, we're not uh, destroying the environment, even though there are some very definitive examples of how we're destroying everything. Oh, oh, I mean, all these reefs are dying out suddenly, but it's not us. It's not global warming. That's a myth. Let's not, let's not pay any attention uh, to, like, the scientific proof that the shit we pump into the air, the fucking gases that go into the air. I'm going to do a profanity-laced rant, by the way. Just an FYI. Never mind the scientific proof that the shit we put into the air is harmful in more ways than one. And that's fucking up everything. Never mind the fact that the only people spreading this are the ones who actually have something to gain from not changing to something that won't fuck up the planet. No, it's a myth. It's entirely a myth. 100% is not proven. It's a myth. There's no climate change. Everything's fine. No, it's not! Hey, asshole, your fucking myth is killing the most beautiful thing that has ever or will ever exist on this shitty fucking planet. Get out of your stupid fucking asshole mythological head in the sand whatever bullshit. Wake the fuck up. Do the inconvenient thing. Realize this is a thing that's happening. And fucking fix it instead of listening to fucking Fox News. Which is a mouthpiece for Republicans. Which is a mouthpiece for self-interest Fucking bullshit! I'm a, I'm not even a fucking liberal. I'm a fucking centrist and I know this shit. Fuck off, you stupid fucking assholes! So that's coral reefs. <laughs> Most beautiful thing on this planet and we're fucking it up. Fuck me. This is why we can't have nice things!
We can't have nice things because everyone's a fucking idiot, apparently. Fuck this world. I fucking hate it. Fuck me. If you like this, <laughs> I'm just ending it there. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. I don't usually go on massive environmental rants, but... Eh. Can't say it won't happen again. We'll see what happens here. And uh, feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel, if, if you feel the need to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Blue Planet 2, Episode 4. Talk to you then.